here's an example. One of my most successful emails ever was years ago. I definitely had taken the course. I built the funnel for a Christmas CD we released in like 2015 or something. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about Christmas music and, and about what's, what's the problem that we're solving. And to me, the problem that we were solving is like, these are all new Christmas songs. You never heard these songs before. And you got all these damn radio stations that are playing 31 Christmas songs, you know, every song once an hour, basically for all of Christmas. And so I thought that's the problem. So what's the symptom? And I thought the symptom to that problem is screaming to yourself at your car radio in your car. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So my, my hook, that album, my email subject line itself was screaming at the top of my lungs at my car radio. And that email got a ton of opens. And then I just wrote about how that drove me crazy that there's no new Christmas songs. And that one email, this is years ago, our email list wasn't that big. It sold like 127 copies of that CD. Right, wow. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast, where you'll learn how you can use direct-to-fan marketing strategies to grow your fan base and generate income from your music with no record label, radio, airplay, touring, or press. And I'm your host, John Ojaka. All right, John Ojaka here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about hooks. So what are hooks? Hooks are those those simple sentences, those simple messages that we ultimately use as the the um, as the basis for our email subject lines in those emails we send out to fans in our uh, advertising campaigns. Uh, and usually on any project, we sort of start by establishing hooks. We take a look at our true value as an artist or what I call in my training programs, our USP, that's unique selling proposition. And then we come up with a few basic sentences um, that that express that value, what's special about us, what's interesting about us as artists, and we begin our initial rounds of, of testing and see what the, what the fans actually respond to. So um, that's what we're gonna be focused on in this uh, episode. We've got a lot to cover, and once more, we're gonna be joined by Josh Solomon from The Empty Pockets um, to, to discuss hooks, because as we've been doing uh, lately here on the podcast, um, Josh and the Empty Pockets, they've got another album coming out and we're sort of using them as the guinea pigs to really walk you guys, the listeners, through all of the different aspects of an album release campaign. They've got an album coming out in uh, oh, around six months, depending on when you're listening to this. And we're just kind of tackling all the major uh, the major jobs that he's got to do as as he builds up for that release and breaking them down for for you guys. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing. And as has been the theme, uh, we tend to take a topic, we discuss it here on the show, and then uh, Josh goes out and actually does a lot of these things. Uh, well, all of these things, and then in many instances where we can, we we turn that into an actual lesson where you get to watch him do it, see the examples, and see the results of these experiments. And and we share them inside of the Insider Circle, which is my private mastermind community uh, for independent musicians. And if you want to learn more about that, just head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com forward slash Insider Circle. Um, but enough about that. We're going to take a brief break. I'm going to gather my notes. And when we return, we're going to be speaking to Josh Solomon from The Empty Pockets about hooks. All right, back in a second. You're listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto Podcast. 
All right, we are back. Uh, so once again, on the line with me is Josh Solomon from The Empty Pockets. Josh, good to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. I got a day off here on the road. It's good to be talking to you. Yeah, you, you mentioned that before we hit record. So you're out there touring already. Uh, is this in prep for the album release or is this just your life <laughs> these days? Oh, it's it's both. It's, right. it's all my life, especially post-COVID. But we're playing almost the entire album here on the road. In fact, we're, we're recording a live version for a radio station next week. Oh, nice. So we're, we're actively promoting. Oh, it's fun. on. Fantastic. Are you taking any pre-orders yet or any of that? No, we're going to open pre-orders at the beginning of the summer. So <clears throat> I'm I'm actually not quite ready yet, and right. I'm hoping this podcast and our discussion gets me that that next little bit. Sure, sure. Oh, that's right. You're just getting your masters together, aren't you? Yes, we just submitted to masters today. We're talking on March 29th. If everybody's following along with our album release, so we've submitted to masters early. Awesome, awesome. Nice. And and where are you right now? I'm in Hartford. Connecticut. Yeah, I'm talking to you from my uh, home here in Chicago, Illinois. Gotcha. But I'm in Hartford, and we're off to Vermont tomorrow. Very cool. Very cool. This will be fun as as this progresses, and we we hear about your your many uh, lo, you know unique locations along the way. Um, Indeed. So let's let's talk about hooks. Oops, I just hit my microphone. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about hooks. So. You know, I, I kind of, as, as you know, um, when we were talking before we started, we intentionally avoided sharing our own definition of hooks. I wanted to do it sort of organically on the show um, because, I, you know, hooks, it's, a, it's such an important concept. And it's something everybody does, but it's not something I hear a lot of discussions about, and I don't know if we approach it the same way. So I'm going to kind of tell you, uh, as I was also saying to you, hooks is something that I've had on my, like, a topics list. I have a little list of potential topics for podcasts and insider circle lessons and things like that. I've had it on there for at least a year and I haven't for just, I don't know, sure, you know, for being uh, sure what, what are, my English is failing here. Um, just purely because I've been distracted, I haven't done anything with it. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's really great that you brought this up as a potential topic because this is kind of where your head's at right now as you start to think about how you're going to um, market your upcoming release. But Again, it's it's not it's it's this all important step that also kind of gets brushed over in the various sort of marketing courses that are out there, at least in my experience. And it's just something I've instinctively done rather than something that I've completely consciously done. It sounds like you approach it a little more consciously. And so I wanted to kind of keep our definitions for the show. So I'll tell you kind of how I approach hooks. And then I want to hear, you know, what your thoughts are and how they may differ. But so to me, whenever I'm working with a client or starting a project, I start by developing what I call uh, the USP, the unique selling proposition. And this is a term thrown around a lot in marketing circles, as, as you would know, but in and music circles, we don't hear it a lot. It's more a mainstream marketing concept. In the music industry, we talk about brand, and that's fine. They, You could even argue that they are the same thing, but brand is a term that I think misleads a lot of people. It gets them focused on image. It's a concept that uh, I think yep, most yep. Mu musicians think they understand which and, and actually don't, which is a little dangerous. Um, 
but the unique selling proposition is sort of forcing people to think about it in a different way. To my mind, brand is a, a, tends to be, at least in the music space, how you see yourself, whereas the unique selling proposition really gets you focused on how others see you. And that's what matters when it comes to marketing. So when I'm sitting down with an artist for the first time, any project is not just artists. I, I worked with a restaurant recently. A friend of mine's restaurant was opening and I, I helped him out with his marketing. We did the same exact exercise. Um, I've done it for for theater productions, and I certainly do it with every musician, but it's really just about asking yourself, what do we have here? What's what's the thing that people are going to care about? What's the thing that people are going to see? It's not just what you want to be. It's actually getting to the heart of what you are. So as a musician, you know, what is your true quality? What's the thing that if, if you were a fly on the wall, in in the car of someone who just got out of you know one of your shows um, and hopefully liked your music, what would they say to their friend who picked them up? Oh, I just saw this band there. You know what would come out of their mouth? No, no flowery statements uh, where we try to sound like journalists or impress ourselves or or brag even about our music, but just get right to the core. What is it that this this artist is? What is their unique or remarkable quality um, that? that people are ultimately going to hopefully respond to. And then from there, I develop a series of hooks. So once I write down that USP, and it's just a simple sentence, sometimes two, I start um, usually uh, writing down four or five hooks that I can use in the marketing. So I've gotten really clear, again, going back to the USP, I get really clear on what it is that we've got to work with here. What's the core value here? And often there are multiple points of value. You know, um, you might be a great lyricist. You might have a really interesting backstory. You might be a fantastic guitar player, um, but it all is part of that, that, that same USP. Now let's distill that into a, a, a handful of sentences and again every they can each one can be a different quality or they can be different takes on the same quality um but we i i'll distill i'll come up with four or five sentences that i can use in my email marketing and in my ad copy i'm specifically thinking about ad copy because there's something i think nice about that flow where i'm imagining how people are going to experience it on the front lines you know in, in the sort of social media sphere um and then i go out and i test those to see what people you know actually respond to so it doesn't really matter what i think let's go and use these hooks as as our i hate to i hate these analogies i really do but like bait you know it it, it doesn't it doesn't offer enough sort of respect for our fans but uh, as bait to uh, uh, to ultimately attract our existing fans and new fans and pull them into our story. So that's, that's what a hook is. And again, they can be used in different ways. It's, it's, sometimes we're going, I don't know, is it, is it my backstory that they're going to respond to or, or this newsworthy element, or is it the fact that we look cool or is it the fact that we make a specific kind of music or is it the fact that I'm a really good lyricist or is it the fact that I'm a great guitar player? You know, what's the thing that's going to pull people in? If you have a lot of these qualities, each one of those can be its own hook. And then you may find that, Hey, people are really responding to uh, an aspect of my career that I hadn't anticipated, or you'll be proven right, and they respond to exactly what you anticipated. I keep hitting my microphone. <laughs> um, sorry, guys. Um, but uh, in in uh, in or in addition to the different variations on your on your core qualities, we can uh, again voice 
we can express the value in, in a single quality in different ways and see what people ultimately respond to. So it, again, just to sort of recap that, for me, a hook starts with defining the core value of the artist and then breaking that value down into slightly more colorful, appealing phrases that are meant to grab the attention of somebody. Uh, and then I go out and I ultimately um, you know, test these qualities in my actual marketing, see what people respond to, which helps me distill the 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 thrust of the marketing campaign even more and develop upon the hooks that people are ultimately responding to so that's kind of my approach how does that line up with what you do how do you define hooks yeah really really similar i have written down the hooks are the basis of most of my marketing and they feed my email subject lines my online ad headlines and my PR angles, I guess the, and this is just like real small thing. I guess the, the different for me is like, it's, uh, each individual project has a hook, obviously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're talking a lot about the, the artist as a whole, sure. which, uh, and I find all these things just like for context and it's gotten easier, but I find it's sort of, this is sort of like difficult territory for me. Uh -huh. And I, I think that's true for other artists too, but, because we think of ourselves, we're complicated. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And like, well, there's more than one reason, like you were saying, you know, is it the great guitar? But I love that imagery of like, a stranger comes to your show in the club or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And they watch 40 minutes of your show and they walk out. What do they say when they get to work the next day? Totally. To their friend at the water cooler. Hey, I saw this band. And then what did they say? Sure. You know what I mean? I saw this band and he, he smashed his guitar and lit it on fire. I saw this band and they had the best vocals. Yeah. Or, or it got, That's so hard for me to focus on. So right. I have little tricks, maybe not tricks, I don't know what to call them. I have little tips for myself that I've learned to rely on mm -hmm. uh, over the years. And that's sort of how, how I try to do it. And I, I don't dread this part of the process anymore mm -hmm. because I know it's so important. Like it feeds... I think in our last podcast, said, my, most of my sales are going to come from email. And then the next most of my sales are going to come from paid online ads, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like hooks are why people open email. And then you can't sell anything from an email if they don't open it. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> so it's, it's like, uh, you know, this is my life. This is my livelihood. The albums we sell. Oh, no, so sorry, I um I, I was about to cut you off, and you gave me room there. Uh, do you draw a distinction between a hook and you know the text you use in, a, say, a Facebook ad? Do you do you draw a distinction between the two? Are they exactly the same? Maybe not exactly the same because I might even take a hook. So, like, I definitely would in in my world of what a hook is, I would test two hooks against each other mm -hmm. on an ad for sure. Mm -hmm. Like you know, the one hook is based on my guitar playing and another hook's based on Erica singing, right? Yeah, sure. Type of thing. Sure. Just to simplify it. But I might also test the wording. Like, let's say one of those was clearly, and it was like, oh, everybody loves Erica singing. They're really responding to it. We have this photo that just works with it. And, oh, that voice is the hook we're going with, right? Mm -hmm. I might take that hook and word it a little bit differently sure. for email, subject lines, you know, <laughs> so, so both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, um, and I asked that and as I asked it, I was thinking about, um, what I, th you know, what I thought, cause again, this isn't, as I said, not something that I approach 
completely consciously um, we're trying to take a process we both do and sort of really put this into words so others can wrap their heads around it but I think that they, for me, if I'm to answer that honestly, they are they are actually pretty different, even though it, for practical or in a practical sense, they're quite often exactly the same, if that makes sense. Uh, in terms of how people approach this, I think what your hooks are, they're sort of like... Um, micro USPs almost, you know, they are actually principles within themselves that you can then take and mm. build copy around. But more often than not, when we're actually doing this, we're sort of doing the two things at the same time. And we're we're thinking like copywriters and we're writing that ad copy around those hooks. So we don't consciously take that extra step. But I, I was thinking again about my answer as you were talking and, and I do do that. I do break them or separate them when working on sort of non-musical projects all the time. Uh, for example, uh, as, as you know, I've been, I've been helping out uh, with the local sort of theater company that I've been involved in doing a lot of marketing for theater here in, in New Zealand. And, Rocking it. And, Rocking it <laughs> yeah, okay. we've been doing pretty well, selling out just across the board, um, which is not always easy with, you know, $40 tickets and local with theater. theater. <laughs> um, but uh, in a small town, no less. Um, but when selling a show, it's very easy to go. So what, what's the value here? You know, and it might be that this is a Tony winning play. It might be that we've got some local talent that people know. It might be that there's a theme to the play that's really fun or entertaining. It might be that it's outdoors in a vineyard with local craft beer and wine, you know, under the stars. There's, uh, it might be that it's educational for kids or whatever it is. There's a lot of different hooks. And then we'll, we'll go and write ad copy around each one of those things. So I do actually, with other projects, tend to break it down into all of the different things that I'm selling. So again, it's USP first, then it's hooks, then it's copy. Whereas with music, I kind of think I tend to do those two steps at the same time, usually because the the core value is a little more singular, um, you know, unless you're really truly dealing with an artist with a lot of backstory, you know, if you've got someone with true celebrity that's touched millions of people, you can usually break them down into a number of conceptual hooks and then build copy around them. But for the most part with independent artists, you know, bands that are just kind of, you know, still come, still coming up and don't have that true, um, story yet I think that we're usually talking about a more singular quality um, that somebody would articulate at a uh, you know around the wa water cooler in a single sentence does that make sense it does but I think that's actually where it gets hard mm -hmm. for a lot of people by because it feels like you're closing all these doors because you committed to this singular quality right you know what I mean right whereas I think I actually have written down traps to avoid saying more than one thing avoid that trap don't say more than one thing sure just say don't try to say everything at once i have to remind myself that just say one thing even if that one thing doesn't encompass all of what this project is right you know and i do think it's a lot healthier if you don't have like an e-commerce ecosystem already going like with your project like with your band mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. then i think keep it simple. Like, let's not come up with a zillion different hooks, mm -hmm. you know, let's mm -hmm. come up with a hook and try it. I guess like, you know, this is my 
sixth, seventh album that we're releasing, like I fully intend in my notes already, like I'm coming up with 10 different hooks. Right. You know, I'm debating whether I'm going to do a hook for every single song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to send a lot of emails. I want to do a lot of ads. I want to try to drive a lot of traffic here. Now explain what um, that w- would look like uh, because people might be not exactly sure about the application here. So if you came up with a, a hook for every song, how would the fans be experiencing those hooks? Are you coming out all at once with all of those hooks in, in, in 10 no, different Facebook no. ads? Like ex- dry, exp- explain that to people. What I would do is over the couple months of our pre-sale, I don't want to shout the same thing at my email list, you know, every couple of days mm-hmm. for two and a half months or whatever. Sure. So I'll go through the album more generally to start and probably to end. But a big thing we'll do in the middle is just focus on one track. Maybe we'll have a preview to that track. Maybe we'll include the lyrics and no preview in the email itself. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to get into those emails and ads through something hooky about those songs. You know, to me, I wonder if you agree on this. Like to me, hook and angle are sort of synonyms. Sure. And I guess that actually goes with what you're saying, right? Like you, you decide the angle and then that's, that's angle, I guess is more unique selling proposition. And then hook is like how you're talking about the angle. Yeah. I'm, you know what I, Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think they could be synonymous. Um, I think everything you, you know, I sort of agree with everything you just said, but I, I think, and again, I hate these analogies, but there is, there's something valuable, you know, there's something valuable about the fact, just visually speaking, that we call it a hook because we understand that concept. Of I agree. Throwing bait in the in the line to attract a fish, you know, that is what we are trying to do ultimately. I, I don't. That doesn't make me. know that makes people cringe. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I have like a lack of a shame gland somewhere. I, mean, I don't know what it is. Well, like, and you. Yeah. It doesn't I, make me cringe because it's like that is what we're doing. We're fishing for audience. Yeah. You know, and, and somebody we got a we got a fish on the line and if we have good music behind that hook and the story that pays that off, you're probably gonna reel that fish in and you might make yourself an email list member and then a sale. I, honestly, that's totally how I no, I, th- I think that that and, and we're having a little bit of digital glitches with you, Josh. My apologies to the listeners. If, I don't know if you've got any any corner of the room that gets slightly better consistent uh, or, or reception. We're here. Switch to Skype. No, or, or, uh, uh, or let's let, cool? let's keep going. It's just the odd little dropout. But um, um, actually, Josh, I'm just going to make a note of this so I can edit this this up. It's just the odd little. I just got to write down the time signature. One sec of any edits um it's just the odd little word that drops out it's not a big deal but <clears throat> anyway okay. um where uh what was i saying there um uh, okay i got it right yeah i i hear you and i think that that's completely fair and and true i think it's a sensitivity that comes from more than a decade of doing this and just understanding that i don't know musicians they are uh, they're they rightfully so a bit you know precious about about what it is that they're doing and and wanting wanting to keep that line up between between art and commerce and and so we do want to feel that it's an authentic love affair that our fans have with our music and not not just about you know marketing so i'm i'm that that's the part of me that that cringes is hearing how others might probably hear some of these concepts and wanting to make it clear to everyone that that i that I am all about respecting the fans and, and not reducing them to fish, <laughs> you know, um, authenticity, uh, authenticity wins. 
You know, Absolutely. it's not just that it's the right thing to do. It also wins. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's easier to be authentic too, because you don't have to remember anything. You're just being you. Uh, ironically, even if that means that you're an aggressive marketer, you know, I see a lot of artists who are really great at just being pretty transparent about what they're doing on a business level with their fans. And, and it works in a place pretty well. Um, I think, I think you're right. I think authenticity, authenticity over everything else, but getting back to hooks, um, Okay, so let's put this, I don't want to get too lost in the weeds of, of theoretical stuff. Let's put this into practice. So, again, you're... I have you're, a good example Okay. If, uh, I, well, I wanted to sort of bring to you. Well, Go ahead. Oh, well, even before you drop some actual examples, unless unless I'm misunderstanding your point, but uh, let's... let's walk everyone through this kind of again get them back in the head and the mindset of an artist who's got an album release coming six months down the line how do you where when and where do you start thinking about hooks what actions do you take um and how are you anticipating how and when are you anticipating using these hooks like so let's start there well i think the first thing for me is there is a barrier between when you put that marketing hat on Mm -hmm. for me i want the product finished Mm-hmm. You know, I, sure. I don't I don't really want to be creating product made to order to marketing. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I do have a line somewhere, <laughs> you know, as I, right. I, I, I'm, I'm not Hollywood. What's the point of being indie if we can't just literally do whatever we want mm-hmm. on the art side and then go try to sell that? Right. So that's my first step is like I don't even consider marketing when writing a song. I have zero for genre or anything. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like that's, we got to get some benefits about being indie. Totally. And then when it's, when it's done, it's hard, but I try to listen to the album, maybe like near final mixes mm-hmm. as somebody for the first time, Totally. you know, and, and I, I try to experience it. And then I have a series of these four or five tips for myself that I have written down. And this is how I start. Okay. My first tip is, and my, this is my dad's thing. My dad's a great marketer, totally separate industry. He markets software to law firms. Couldn't be more different. Sure. Um, but his, he starts here as well. Lead with the why. Hmm. And I love this. Sure. It's, uh, we want to get to the where and the when and the how, but the why is important. Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? Why is this coming out here now? So that, that's like my first question to myself. And then... My second thing I try to remind myself is even in hooks, but it's more in copywriting, but hooks too, it's just write like you talk. Yeah. Don't, you know what I mean? Like, don't worry about getting fancier. In fact, I almost never, I hate the the blank blinking cursor on a white page on a computer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I usually write without the actual act of writing something down. Like Erica and I, who Erica and I, who's my wife and my business partner and our singer and stuff. Um, most of this is a series of conversations that Eric and I'll have, or you and I'll have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anybody I'm talking about, my dad and I, sort of sussing that out and finding it. And then there's some like little, there are these two more uh, copyrighty tips that I remember and I've written down over the years. One is pattern interrupts, it just works. Mm-hmm. And I usually put that in at the end if I can. And sure. basically what that means to me something that's going to just really get somebody's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, I wrote down a hook that I don't know if we'll use, but I wrote down a hook for this album of mine called, uh, I'll read it to you, Chicago band stops caring what you think and makes the best album of their career. Mm-hmm. 
And I, to me, the pattern interrupt is like, fuck you, we don't care what you think. Right, right. Um, And then my last one that I really try to focus on is this thing that I call symptomatic messaging. And what that means is, and this is a little, this is really where music differs from a lot of products, right? Mm -hmm. Art in general, because like most products solve a very direct problem, Mm -hmm. right? But, but our, our product can solve like no problems, right? Sort of, or any problem mm-hmm. in a different way. So like symptomatic messaging is about getting to the, not just the problem that somebody else is experiencing that, that your music is going to solve, mm-hmm. but like getting at the direct symptom. And here's an example. One of my most successful emails ever was years ago. I definitely had taken the course. I built the funnel for a Christmas CD we released in like 2015 or something. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Christmas music and, and about what's, what's the problem that we're solving. And to me, the problem that we were solving is like, these are all new Christmas songs. You never heard these songs before. And you got all these damn radio stations that are playing 31 Christmas songs, you know, every song once an hour, basically, for all of Christmas. And so I thought, that's the problem. So what's the symptom? And I thought the symptom to that problem is screaming to yourself at your car radio in your car, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So my, my hook that album, my email subject line itself was screaming at the top of my lungs at my car radio. And that email got a ton of opens. And then I just wrote about how that drove me crazy that there's no new Christmas songs. And that's why there's the why again, we recorded this Christmas album with all this different Christmas music. And that one email, this is years ago, our email list wasn't that big. It sold like 127 copies of that CD. Right. Wow. Um, so that, that, that's, that's how I start. Mm-hmm. And I still find this process very difficult and even sometimes painful because it's my, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. so much easier with somebody else's stuff, in my opinion. Right, right. That's um, interesting. The problem, the problem solving aspect of marketing music. So this is something that comes up a lot when people go and start learning about marketing and maybe they start with me or someone like me and then they go and they go, this is great. I want to learn everything about internet marketing and they go to the internet marketing space and they learn so much about it. Yeah. It's traditional marketing is all about finding the problem, agitating the pain, solving the problem with your product. Um, and, and so a lot of people try to bring that into the music space. And as you were talking, I was sort of preparing a kind of argument against it. But you, you actually used a very good example of, of and, and kind of a semi-unique one, I think, anyway, um, uh, uh, where that is applicable to music. I, I typically um, argue that we're really as a whole anyway, not solving problems with our music and trying to approach it like that is not a mistake, but it's going to change the conversation to one that's not necessarily the best fit for marketing music and building tribe. I think it's really hard to do and stay authentic. It it is because I believe that really what we're trying to do is the opposite. We're trying to tap into pre-existing pleasure and passion um, rather than trying to agitate any kind of a pain. But you used a really good example there with Christmas music specifically. And I'm sure there are many others that one could come up with that are authentic and real and and not off message uh, for when it comes to marketing music. But but uh, yeah, I know that that pain associated with Christmas music. I think children's music is another one that could use a similar sort of uh, angle there. And you know, I will say more specifically, John, um, 
I don't think problem messaging or symptomatic messaging mm-hmm. is a good approach for cold audience. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, that, I that's I, I, not I, how I would pick up new fans. Totally. That 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 email I'm referencing was to a hot email list, totally. to a warm group of people. Totally, totally. But that's a lot of what I'm thinking about in this release. You know, I'm thinking about both things. I want this album to introduce us to new audiences, but I also want to really sell this album to the to the you know hundred thousand plus people on our email list. Gotcha, gotcha. So so again, just keeping us on track. So you listen to the album, you you uh, try to experience it as as much as you can, yeah. as your fans would, and and you're looking for those hooks, those special qualities. Um, what's the first step? How do you start distilling this into, and, and do you have a criteria for yourself? I'm looking for five sentences or five hooks. You know, what are you, what are you looking to do? No, I don't, I don't have a specific criteria. I mean, to me, it's kind of the more the merrier. Mm-hmm. These are very difficult and sure. they're easy. They're not particularly easy to come up with. Mm-hmm. And I really focus on that first one. I said, uh, the why is important. Like at some point, a band or an artist sat down and, and made an album and there's a reason yeah. they did that. Yeah. And, and you can actually have the reason for you or you can come up with that reason now. And there can be more than one reason. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like to lead with that. Why? You know, so I, I don't know if any of these are going to work, but for my album, I have written down handmade music with no trickery of mm-hmm. the modern age. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have written down songs with titles that there's no way you've ever heard before. <laughs> we have a title on this album called Tense Car Tab Confrontation. Uh, our, our, the guy we tour with, Al Stewart, amazing lyricist, big hit in the 70s called The Year of the Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, he always it's talking about lyrics and how songwriters should write songs that don't exist. And he always talks about the song hold on because there are 10 top 10 hits where with the song, that's a different, they're different songs. They're mm-hmm. all called hold on. Right. Um, so it's crazy, you know, but, but yeah, that, that, that's where I start. And then I start just writing down drafts of them and I'll try to not edit myself too hard at this stage and just write down what could be a hook based on, leading with the why, you know, writing like I talk. So these are some of the ones I've read you that I've literally just wrote down in the last hour. Mm -hmm. Chicago band stops caring what you think and makes the best album of their career. And I'll go through that again later. I'll go through it with Erica. Maybe I'll ask you about it. Um, That's my process. If if you have anything, you know, obvious stuff, like one hook on this album is going to be Grammy winner and Paul McCartney's Wings former member Lawrence Juber mm-hmm. featured on our first ever instrumental track. Totally. That, that's a great example of the of of the different kinds of hooks that you'll you know, the two the two things. And I don't know if I'm jumping ahead here because you have more hooks to sort of share with us. But and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm genuinely and sincerely sort of thinking about our own process because as as we both said, there's a, a degree of consciousness to this process for us and there's a degree of, um, it's just a yep. thing we do without thinking about, you know, the, the mechanics of how we do it. But I've been wrestling as we talk with this notion of, okay, is it USP to hook or is it USP to hook to ad copy? And I can't help but think that you are 
demonstrating some really cool uh, headlines that will that are sub uh, categories of the hooks. So, for example, with the two that you just use, the um, a Chicago band uh, doesn't apologize. Or what was the hook? Sorry. Um, um, yeah, yeah, that works too. Chicago band stops caring what you think and makes the best album of their career. So, I think the hook there that if and, and you, again, feel free to disagree, but I think the real hook there is that you're a thriving indie band and then the the headline that you're distilling from that hook is what you just explained but the i literally the, have that, a very similar sentence written down so i think maybe the problem for me i'm like i've never taught this before and there aren't sure. any like peers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that I, um i don't have like a team i'm sending this to mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm the copyright designer i'm the ad company so maybe i just do too much of it naturally all at once or something yeah no i i think i i I think i do too yeah but but, and the value and the reason i'm i'm really trying to think this through and not just let it pass by as again we want other we want listeners to be able to formulate this you know turn this into a formula that they can apply and i think it's important because you you are a thriving indie band and that's really um impressive and interesting you guys are kicking ass you're you're not a household name yet you've generated you know seven figures in revenue over a handful of years you are selling 50 to 100 seats in markets far from home um pretty much you know in most places you go to you you are getting news coverage you're you're you have diehard fans you're doing it full time you're you're kicking butt like there's a great story there of a true indie band um and and so there are quite a few ways that you could express that but conversely you just explained another hook which is not so much that you had i don't remember his name or specifically what he did but you mentioned you know played with paul mccartney i think you said um uh so again that's that's a detail but really the hook there is you have um world-class players um uh, world-renowned players um, involved with your music as well so you might have quite a few um, bullet points that you can put underneath that hook of world-class players. Maybe you you open, you regularly work with, you have players on your album. You know, there's a bunch of different newsworthy things that might grab attention. And you may not know, or you may at this point, but, but the average artist may not know going into this, what is the thing that people are going to respond to? So maybe you find out that it's the, the thriving indie band story, and then you test yeah. five different hooks, five different ways of expressing that. Um, so it might. Yeah. Just to jump in there, John, yeah. like it's, 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 it's so um, helpful to have you even talk like that. I've took a couple of notes. And so if true indie band or thriving indie band, you know, kicking ass on the road, but not, but you've never heard of them. There are hooks that uh, from that, or even headlines that come to me immediately. Like, mm-hmm. cause I talked about the band stops caring what you think, but we're talking about like, you know, band traveling in a van, you know, oh, through the mountains. I, I can see some visuals there. There are a lot of things. And so I'm just basically, is the, the value, I'm even seeing it now because it's just made my life a little bit easier of coming up with that true selling, unique selling proposition does, gosh, it makes it so much easier to come up with those hooks yeah. and then headlines. Like I think sometimes too difficult by like, trying to hit a home run instead of just hitting three singles in a row. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I just, even these notes, 
after this call, I'll be like, oh yeah, I got five more hooks because I, I really defined this part of the unique selling proposition. Right. And, and it's sort of reminding me of a unique selling propositions sort of um, example I give a lot was Jewel, you know, when she emerged and still to this day, to an ex- extent, the story was, yeah, sure. There were plenty of stories about her actual music and the qualities of her music, but it was this Alaskan, this young Alaskan woman who w- was homeless and the juxtaposition of her, you know, cute appearance and her, um, I don't know, folky um, music, uh, lyrics sort of focused music and, and the Jack Kerouacian spirit that that instantly, you know, recalls um, laid against this vision, this image of a, a homeless troubadour you know was quite attractive to people and that was a, oh, yeah. a great example of how often the usp the unique selling proposition the core value the thing that pulls people in is not just the music yes it's, it's tied to the music it has to be well there are probably examples of instances where it's not but um for the for most 99.999 percent of us it, ha- it really has to be tied to the music but it's it, the, it is definitely in many cases not all about the music and you know with you guys and yes my my perspective on you is very biased because I'm so focused on what you guys are doing as a mark as, as marketers um, so maybe others would feel differently but I, I think it's particularly challenging for sort of singer songwriters um, some um, you know that the sort of um, Americana is not even quite the right word, but mainstream kind of uh, musicians who make music that will appeal to a broad audience. Quite often, we need to really um, find that story that's going to give it context. You know, context is so important. And I think for me, um, I would find that so appealing about you guys, this how hardworking you are, the fact that you're you're out there. Um, just you're dedicated your entire lives to this and you are the real deal. You're not a band that, you know, drops cool social media posts and uh, goes on tour for two weeks out of the year. You're lifers, you know, and that's actually quite rare and you're succeeding. So there's there's a lot there that I would certainly tune into if I was seeing stories from the, you know, video of you guys in the van on the road, all these kinds of things would be quite interesting to me. And you might get there by, again, noting that down as a hook thriving indie band and then coming up with all this, these potential leaders from that. No, it's so true. It focuses. It's so much. I mean, seriously, just even in you talking, I've come up with another hook. I feel like in that category, I feel like I oh, this is a big hook, right? Thriving indie band, but a different hook is collaborating with legendary rock and roll acts and top musicians. Mm -hmm. And those both have hooks within them. So those are the selling propositions, or at least two of them. Totally. uh, For my particular album. And I definitely see what you're saying about maybe, especially a a singer-songwriter or any, uh, not any, but a lot of artists who've come up with one album, Mm -hmm. maybe not toured that much, had the adventures, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I could see getting lost in, well, what is my unique selling proposition? Mm-hmm. But I'm very confident just because of how writing works and how art works that every artist really does truly have a unique selling proposition. Mm-hmm. It's in there. Yeah. More than one. You know what I mean? Like, no, like definitely. There are no, there are no pre-work, 
prerequisites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easy for me to say. No, everybody, uh, everybody, market. everybody does. Every single artist has a unique selling proposition. Now there might there are, you, there are unique selling propositions that are a heck of a lot more appealing than others, but everyone does have something that they're doing that stands out every everyone that comes before me sort of asking for help with this i can hear a quality there's within five seconds i can go oh there you know to to my wife when i walk inside and she says oh who are you talking to or whatever and i thought this artist well what were they what's their deal there's i my mouth i never go i don't know i can always describe what i saw and what i experienced sometimes that's the combination of two other artists Mm-hmm. I mean, they're totally. like the bare naked ladies, but they play heavy metal. No, totally. You know, whatever it, it, it can be one. And it is so much easier to do it when it's not you. I have a couple of um, traps that I remind myself to avoid. Yeah. Okay. One is. Don't say more than one thing. <laughs> I don't say everything at once. Absolutely. And, and I, th- th- this is like unique selling proposition hook and those headlines. It drives me crazy. I'm on a lot of artists' email lists, mm-hmm. and it drives me crazy when I get an email that says, date and tour date, the blue vinyl is out, new singles coming out in three weeks. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, and I have a blog post here. And I and that's the subject line of the email. No, and I'm going to stress that again because we, we were sort of, there was some, I don't know, conversational tone in there, but I'm just going to say it. what Josh just said. I'm going to repeat it, you know. When you are marketing, use one hook at a time in everything that you do, whether it's an ad or whether it's an email or whether it's a landing page. Don't try to accomplish more than one thing at a time or you will water down the focus and you will get you will have less people responding to the thing that you ultimately want them to respond to. The job of every communication you put out there is to accomplish one thing. Every subject line is to get people to open. Every email is to get people to click. Every landing page is to get people to convert, whether that's just a blog comment or it's a sale or it's a sign up or it's another click. But every the job of everything is to do one thing. And the way you do that is by communicating, you know, one primary hook. So that's that's really important. And this is something that I as well kind of tell everybody I work with. And I and on almost every project, they still come back to me going, um, but I need to say these two things, <laughs> you know, so send out two emails. Don't do it. Send out two emails. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have, I don't mind to be like too snarky, but some of my friends sometimes like even write them back and go, this was four emails. You know that, right? Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, uh, sort of not similar, but like it goes with it and we already touched upon it a little bit and this is hard, but a big trap is only thinking about yourself or I should more accurately maybe only thinking about it from your angle. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in artist emails that I get, and even in my own stuff, it's betrayed by like even the language or verbiage somebody uses. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where it's like focus on what they're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Unless uh, there are exceptions to this. And I have another note for it. Like sometimes you are asking someone for your support. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but for the most part, and then you, there's a little bit more how it's going to impact you and why that's going to make their life better. But, but for the most part, when I'm communicating with, with a customer or a potential customer, mm-hmm. I want to come at it from what they're getting out of this, mm-hmm. not what I'm getting out of this. Sure. You know, so I, I had a good one in my head and it just flew out, but, but I, it's something I remind myself constantly. 
Like, I know I built this website and I know I made this music, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but they've never been here before and they've never heard it before. Yeah. So we have to talk like, like to them and really imagine sometimes Eric and I call it customer journey. Like before we open a funnel, before we open a new sales page, like we send ourselves and then we try to send somebody who didn't design it through just to even catch like, does this make sense? Is everything obvious? You know, like, and that's huge for this, for this unique selling proposition even, um, because it's about somebody else. You want someone else to take action. Totally. Totally. But, but, but related to that is this line that I probably have said before, but like it's worth repeating and it goes certain types of hooks, which is like people want to help you. They just don't know how, Mm. and you have to tell them exactly how or they will not help you right right and i think especially uh, well I, I was gonna say i'd go one step further they they want to want to like you you know what i mean yeah. they 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 we all inherently love music uh, I, I, if you don't i don't know it's something like you might be a robot you know we all want to love music you just need to give us a good reason we there are sure well, i suppose there are some cynical people out there but for the most part we're excited to discover new artists that are great you just need to be able to communicate that. that you are you know great and that you align your music aligns with what they already love discovering your new favorite artist or your favorite band, or your favorite singer songwriter is a gift. Yeah. It's awesome. Totally. So it, it's, we, we have to remember as indie artists that it's okay to, to ask for help. That's a lot of how we still do it. You mm-hmm. know, Hey, this is, and sometimes I get really direct. I'm like, Hey, I really appreciate your support and you're on this list. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. If you want to help us, here's exactly how I want you to do it. Right. You know, like we're on streaming. We want you to be able to have it wherever you want. But even if you just listen to Spotify and you don't even use CDs, I still want you to buy this. Sure, sure. Like we we say that. Yeah, no, it's I, I've I've seen it quite a lot. I think spelling it out to people works really really well when we just tell people how how little streaming helps us and say like, hey, a purchase you know goes goes. Uh, is comparable to fifteen hundred streams, and you'll make a huge impact on on our music career if you support us this way. And then they do. Yeah. Um, so and no, they do. that's and they're that, happy to do both. Yeah, and indeed, indeed, and that's very important. But let's okay. So we, I'm looking at the clock, and we need to start wrapping was, up here. But let's that let's. Sounds, well, what's that? I just got one more trap to avoid. Ah, yes, very one, you. One more but I have it on my list, which is don't get too precious with it. Mm. Send it. See how it works. Yeah. Put that ad out, see how it works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're not writing the next great novel here. We're marketing. Totally. My favorite expression, and there's a book by the same title that I read years ago, was uh, ready, fire, aim. You know, if you yeah, yeah, if, totally. if you try to get it all perfect in advance, you are going to be paralyzed. Um, you need to just get stuff out there, and then you can correct later. You're not going – people are – you're not going to ruin your reputation because you threw out a lame ad copy, even if four people said you were a dork in the comments. That's going to happen. Listen, if you have enough reach, if you have enough reach for your test ad copy and emails to like be a big deal, then good for you. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, and, and if, we, and, we all have to fight for audience. Yeah, and you're not going to get there without having a pretty good um, handle on on who you are. So go go jump out there and start making those mistakes. The mistakes will, uh, there's nothing better than data and experimentation to give you a really strong sense of, of how, you know, other people see you. I, 
I use this analogy a lot. Again, unfortunately, going back to the fishing one, I used to go fishing all the time as a kid. And you'd sort of fantasize about how the day was going to go, the perfect spot, the perfect bait. And you'd get totally to- Totally know that feeling. Yeah, you get to the, the beach. We used to fish in the ocean because I'm from Hawaii. And and you cast your line in the, the water. And it's just immediately- you're seeing from the fish's perspective and it's wrong, you know, it just, but you can't know that until the moment that line hits the water and you know that, I mean, you're in the wrong spot and I don't know how to articulate yep. it, but you see it through other people's um, eyes. We've all experienced it with mixes. We work on that mix. Sounds great. We love it. Somebody comes in the room, boom, it sounds totally different. Like, what was I thinking? The vocal's way too quiet or, or whatever. And the same is true with our marketing. You can plan it, plan it, plan it. It's not going to, well, sometimes it will actually, but it's rarely going to go the way you expect. But you need to start. You need to get that data um, before, to in, to make better, smarter decisions. Less scary if yeah. you just start. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So I think I think that's, that's important. So I do want to kind of summarize this and give people some action steps but is there do you have any i don't want to cut you off again do you have any more tips or anything else that you think is important to say before we sort of turn this into something actionable that's all my stuff be brave that's what i have to say cool be brave and write and put it out there yeah and you're a great example of that in the sense that you know you have always just gone and done it you test a lot you throw a lot of things out there you email a lot which i know you know has been as you, as you would know from the data has been one of the keys to your success but it's also something that's uh, earned you some criticism you know that you email with any of us definitely I mean, hell i could email once a week and i'd be told i email too much like the people that don't want to hear from you are always going to complain but the people who you're going to you, get a lecture yeah but the people who love you are going to be happy to get those emails um so but you take you take action and that is why you've been as successful as you have been with this stuff um so so okay let's let's put this into some kind of formula so people can do this so if you got music coming out whether it's an album or you're just setting up a marketing campaign to market something that's already out we want to start with that that clear usp that unique selling proposition just come up with um, a, a simple sentence or two that really defines the core value as other people see it um you're not trying to approach your project as someone else absolutely absolutely and you're not trying to be a, a journalist here it's just about plain english just getting to the core of what it is that you do um and and what other people will respond to and what you do then i i think we're in agreement here and i i'll want you to respond to this in a second that it's probably ideal to really break down the hooks themselves as again core qualities of that broader usp so we have different um different things completely different things to talk about about uh, you know an album so there's usually a why that was a great um, point because there is you know i i talk about this a lot as the narrative of each album so we have the we have the brand or the usp but then we have narrative that's the story of the album or as you put it the why of the album i think that in itself is a is an important hook um, yeah. and then we often have the qualities of the album you know whether that's having great players a great vocalist a great uh, some important lyrics you know maybe you've written a protest song that's timely you know there's going to be great or it could be 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be the, the specific qualities uh, of the album, you know, emotional impact of the album. So what's happening as a result of this music? Maybe maybe you're changing lives and that's a hook in its own right. Um, other hook. reference protest songs, social impact, mm-hmm. environment, you know, those types all impact. Yeah. Those are all hooks, even within this same USB. And totally, totally. The the philosophical um, value of, of who, yeah. who, who you are and what the album is. We talked about an example of that being Thriving Indie Act. You know, it, it could be that, again, you're you're uh, again a, a protest artist, and you are um, fighting for change. You know that could be that could be, there, there's going to be a you could be well, a you could be attached to a specific type of technology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a really specific type of instrument that you want to associate yourself with. Sure, absolutely. Um, and um, again, you know there might be there might be a particular song on that album that really has either a novelty factor or a uh, um, you know, just some really special quality that people are responding to, um, a, a, yep. an intelligent or funny lyric or moving lyric, or uh, in the case of, you know, artists like Adele, just an inherent, beautiful quality that transfixes people. Um, you know, again, all of these are examples of hooks, but I think really getting to the core of what you offer as an artist um as again simple statements even maybe simple words and then below each one of those distilling that into four five six really as many as possible more colorful sentences that you can actually use as subject lines or as uh, social media posts or as ad copy um so i don't know are you even you are you even comfortable doing this like what if we what if you attempted to do that right now i mean i know you've put some thought into this but but maybe not completely what like do you have your your let's give it a shot usp your hooks your um some examples of ad copy you plan to use i mean i do i've read some of them sure but i've organized it differently and i and i'm and I took and take some of the stuff that you've said, actually. I love this concept of, and it really does get to what we talk about all the time, because we talk about hand, in my band, we talk about handmade music, and we built our own recording studio, thriving indie band, kicking ass and taking names. I like this concept, a true indie band. You know, there's no label association. Um, so I'm sort of forming that as a, 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 a unique selling proposition. And within that, I have some stuff that I've already come up with. Chicago band stops caring what you think and makes the best album of that their career. But within that too, the tightest backyard band you've ever heard with great songs and amazing vocals. I've got written down. They've dedicated their lives to touring and building a career the right way. Lifers in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to keep coming up with hooks within this true indie band because I, have, like I mentioned before, I have stuff that I want to talk about with bands. Uh, because that's what we call ourselves band people. Right. We're always traveling in the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's 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 other sort of relationships between the band. There's a Eric and I are husband and wife, and I think there's a hook in there in, inside true indie band and in thriving indie band that can work. I have another a unique selling proposition that you kind of made me solidify, which is collaborating with legendary rock and roll acts and top musicians. Mm-hmm. That's a unique selling proposition that we use within my band all the time but it's so nice to have it really articulated under that i have grammy winner and paul mccartney's wings former member lawrence juber featured on our first ever instrumental i've got 
handmade music with no trickery of the modern age, inspired by Al, just like Al Stewart told us to do. I've got songs with titles you've never heard before. Can even feature our collaborations with with Bad Company and with Kenny Loggins, with Al Stewart, with these people we've collaborated with, which is the central. You know, we collaborate with legendary rock and roll acts and they inspire us, et cetera. And I think that's something a lot of people, especially older people would be interested in. And I'm selling CDs, baby. I want to sell to older people. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and I think I'm going to, I'm going to run with both of these. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, we are thriving indie band is who I am. You know, I, I think there's another hook in there of like, you know, with the empty pockets and what that means is we're not doing this for the reward. You know, like sure. whether there's a payment or not, like we're going to be here. And I think people will really react to that. But yeah. like you said, I don't have, I don't have to guess. Yeah, I think I think if I could pipe in and play marketing coach or whatever, I would <clears throat> I would argue that that in your USP where you said sort of true indie band, yes, but also you don't give me a sense of what the music sounds like, and there's no way that I would love what you do and walk away and not also articulate that to somebody else. So yeah, so you got to get that in I, there. I think I think mentally for yourselves, really understanding that you do have a sonic quality, and no one's listening if they don't like the sonic quality it's it's the indie band that gives that sonic quality context um and and i think that is a huge part of it that's certainly how how i take you guys on I mean, board. look at how easy it is to get lost you know mm -hmm. and yeah it's totally. so easy to get lost but totally. yeah yeah i need to combine that with sort of our innate musical quality our sort of americana folk we've thrown genre away which mm -hmm. i'm writing down mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we have a jazz song on this album like not a jazz ish song a jazz song sure you know it's blues so we're, we're a little bit all over the place but i think i can lean into that yeah in I, a, I think everybody gets all over the place but i think the listeners the fans still hear um a, a, a sonic thread that ties it all together a conceptual absolutely. thread that ties it all together so i don't i don't think you know i don't think that's too difficult for for fans to handle or wrestle with it feels a lot more radical to the artists in my opinion than it does to the fans totally. um uh, there's the odd case where it's completely schizophrenic. And frankly, I usually think that's a pretty bad thing. Um, but, but you guys are not that, um, I think, I suspect that there's another, um, hook that you guys maybe haven't, I haven't heard you talk about a lot. I mean, you talk about it as a, as a footnote, but you haven't done a lot with it is, is, uh, well, I'm not actually clear. So your wife is the lead singer, correct? I mean, we all sing lead vocals. She probably sings slightly more than the rest of us, but right. it's, it's multiple lead singers. Well, creating some some stars, some star quality within the band, even if it's only part of your own myth as a band, you know, yeah, love like like I don't I don't hear that story of the individuals unless I'm hearing Josh talk about sort of the marketing of his band, but yeah, but absolutely, but really kind of creating the John Paul, you know, um, Ringo and uh, George kind of of situation and, and and creating those characters for me to lock into and get a sense of the backstory you know we see this with all of the bands that we love we 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 love to comment on youtube about uh 
uh, you know, oh, that's that that's so Josh or whatever, you know. Yeah, you we, know, it's funny you say that. We 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 hired PR for the first time, and I mm-hmm. had to answer like really extensive. I was very impressed with their survey, like sixty questions, mm-hmm. you know, so they mm-hmm. could start working on their angles and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I talked a lot about that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wrote about each of us and what we brought and how when our drummer Adam, not to give him too much credit, but when he joined, he really brought us to that next level and. Nate's multi-musicianship and Erica's soaring vocals and my guitar playing. Um, but we, I need to expand on all of that in this, in this unique selling uh, proposition I, I and think, really get it down. Yeah, I think fluffing, uh, drawing, uh, creating some more definition between the roles of the players, even if it's not completely accurate in the sense that, okay, maybe you all sing, but maybe Erica's primary role, if you were really to put a label on it, is sort of lead singer, and maybe yours yeah, is the guitar player. Yeah, lead singer for that reason. Mm-hmm. We've leaned into that more and more, but like this is even clarifying for me. Right, of course. You know, and it's easy. I'm a pretty good marketer, and I'm telling you, it's so easy to get lost right. in like the little corrections. Like it's not stronger mm. for me to say, well, we all think, no, it's stronger to say Erica's the lead singer. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, and that's such a good, simple example of like me get the artist getting in my own way of muddying up communication instead of clarifying it where it's like, okay, okay, okay. Thank you for the details. But Erica's the lead singer. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> like, I do that. get a beautiful picture of Erica. You well, know, and like, it opens. You the... say everything about Tunepipe. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it opens the doors to, uh, to, to, uh, talk about the inherent values in each one of you. But if you're all lead singers, it's, it's a very difficult conversation to, to start, um, and, and to communicate in a small amount of time. Whereas if she's the lead singer, we can focus on her qualities as a singer, her impact on fans, um, and her, well, yeah, her, her, her qualities. Um, and, and again, there's, there's, no, it's true. It's even though we all write together, I should be talking about me as the lead songwriter, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. give her, we we really should differentiate it and create almost a mythology for each band member. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think, I think so too. I love that. So like for, yeah, again, just trying to distill this into examples, hoping that light bulbs go off for other people, I think. And, I'm sure we'll talk about this after we're done recording and probably distill this even further, but on uh, approaching this on a surface level, you know, we've got the, the, the USP, which is that you're this true indie band. But again, we want to incorporate with this sort of Americana yeah, I, I folky thing. Hot grooves and soaring vocals. Americana folk, blues. I, I got to distill this and, and, and yeah, some more kind of. And I'd yeah. really get into the I'd really get into the genre because a lot of every artist pretty much thinks they have great vocals and good grooves. You know, those are too too vague for me when it comes to your U.S. Cool. Your unique selling good proposition. You know. um, but then under that, I think you've got at least we've identified three potential hooks, which is the the true indie band hook, which is the uh, works with world class players, uh, which is and then another one being. Um, trying to distill some of the specific qualities of the individuals, particularly your your quote unquote lead singer. Um, Absolutely. And, and then, and then I'm sure you can come up with some additional hooks as well. And then below each one of those, it's going to be fairly easy to come up with four or five lines that you can use as subject lines to communicate how you are a true indie band or you know some examples of why erica's such a star exactly why why erica's such a star some examples of those world-class players you you play with and again examples of how you can use those 
we see this in a lot of genres, especially like hip hop. We partner with, you know, we we feed, we get featured on other acts so that we can then get in front of their audience. Well, you're working with these world class players. Go and target the fans of those world class players to, you know, pull people in. And again, I know you know all of this, but yeah. listeners don't necessarily. So if these become that's a great example of how that hook is used as bait for a particular audience. Um, so this is, you know, this is how I think everyone listening should ultimately approach the subject of hooks and, and why it's important to think about these things well before. I think, as you pointed out, after the album's done, you don't want to be just bullshitting yourself but but before well before the marketing marketing even starts because it is these hooks that are going to these are the 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 keystones this is what's going to touch off all of the conversations and all of the interest and if you're not clear on those hooks then you're probably just going to fall with a big thud um, when that when you actually try to find an audience it's going to be hard to talk about something if if it's confusing and I, i think it actually brings up a point which is not quite hooks but it's important to say which is like you can't you're best off not rushing that new release out Mm-hmm. Like just because it's done and you have your mixes back and that's really exciting mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should be scheduling a release date like three weeks from now. I'm you know always, I mean? ex- always experiencing that. I'm always people come to me with two weeks to go and they're not even open to the concept of pushing back the date. They've just got it in their head that they have to release something and it doesn't matter to them. They everybody prioritizes marketing wrong. You know, I understand that you've got an album that you want to share, but if if you know, but you're a professional and we need you need to do it right so you're absolutely right you need to you you can't rush you need to get all these things in place first yeah i love it i love it this has been really helpful for me cool well we'll talk about this a bit more when we're when we're done recording and what we're going to do is we're going to really distill this into some some really good solid um hooks and i know josh has already got a bunch of them um we're gonna we're gonna try to really distill this into an even more concrete usp and then we're going to come up with some copy to support each one of those hooks and josh is actually going to go out and in a few months he's going to begin marketing this album and uh like most of these uh conversations that we're having here on the podcast the uh intent or the expectation is that we're going to film and record some of these experiments that Josh uses uh, and then we're going to share some of those results inside of the insider circle so people can actually see um, you know how this all works and how we use the data that we get from these experiments whether they're email uh, tests uh, split tests or whether they're uh, Facebook ads, we're going to, how we use that data to sort of follow the, the path of interest and ultimately, you know, fan the flames of, of, uh, excitement about an album that, that, that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. Cool. So that's all going to be shared inside the insider circle. Uh, again, the insider circle is a private mastermind group of mine for independent musicians, um, who want to basically expand upon the, the knowledge of the strategies that I teach in my flagship program, music marketing manifesto, uh, which is in its fifth edition. And again, you can find all of that at musicmarketingmanifesto.com. Click on products and services and you can see what I'm all about. All right. I think this has been a, a really cool conversation. Thank you, Josh, uh, for sharing your tips on hooks and some insight into your band and again just being open enough to kind of go through the process with me i really appreciate it anything uh, you want to say before we sign off 
always a great time, man. Thank you for the help too. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm getting a little bit of consulting live on a podcast. I love it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, let's see if we can do more, uh, you know, off, uh, once we're done here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, th- thank you very much, Josh. Really appreciate it. Cheers, man. All right. So once again, that was Josh Solomon from the Empty Pockets uh, sharing everything uh, that that uh, really there <laughs> there is to consider about hooks and just kind of explaining how important they are when it comes to your marketing. Uh, and once more, we're going to take some uh, real world examples of using hooks in our marketing, uh, and we're going to share those at some later date inside of the Insider Circle. And uh, you can you can go to musicmarketingmanifesto.com, uh, click on products and services if you want to uh, learn more about not only the Insider Circle, but uh, all of the different programs and services that I offer. So if you want to learn more about The Empty Pockets and check out their music, head on over to TheEmptyPockets.com. If you appreciate the info that Josh has been sharing, consider picking up one of their albums. That's, that's how you can pay it forward and help them. Um, and uh, once more, I just want to thank you all for listening. Uh, and until uh, until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Music Marketing Manifesto podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can market your music using the direct-to-fan strategies discussed on this show, then head on over to musicmarketingmanifesto.com and sign up for your free copy of the Music Marketing Blueprint. Once again, that's musicmarketingmanifesto.com.